If you uh, live long enough, if you work long enough, and if you're married long enough, there's a high probability that someday you're going to experience a problem, right? In the last few weeks, we've been working through the book of Acts that the Apostle Luke gives us, and we've been tracking with the supernatural church as it just got launched, and we've been watching as it's been doing so well, growing, really multiplying exponentially, but today... We're going to see it crash into its first true internal problem, and nobody saw it coming. Let me read to you the story from Acts chapter uh, 6. You can follow it on the screen in your Bible or on your Bible app, and we'll be starting at verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all of the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, uh, Prochorus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So you see it clearly, right? People are finding faith in Christ in this brand new church Lonely people are being invited into the community. The sick are being healed. The, the worship is fantastic. The preaching is fired up. Signs and wonders are taking place in this church. The Apostle Luke tells us a little earlier, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. But then there's a problem. And it's in their food distribution ministry. Now give this church some credit, okay, because it was a brand new church and it had already begun a food distribution program for widows in the church who couldn't put food on their table. I mean, this feeding program kind of sent a signal throughout the whole city that, uh, that this church cares deeply about the whole person, not just someone's spiritual needs, but their physical and material and nutritional needs as well. So yes, right? So in the middle of that beautiful food distribution program, a problem arises. And it's very important for you to understand the root of this problem. It's not simply that some people are getting a few more groceries in their grocery bag. That would just simply be maybe an equity issue. In the verses just read, it seems to be a discrimination issue, right? It, it's what's underneath this inequity issue. This is a far more difficult and potentially inflammatory problem. There seems to be a bit of, well, partiality in the way people in the food distribution program are treating the widows. So guess what the senior leaders of that church do? Immediately upon hearing that there's a problem brewing in this church, they take action. They seek God, they, they listen to the Holy Spirit, and they come up with a solution. That's good, spirit-filled leadership at work here. Those of you who are leader types... Leaders understand a concept called noise in the organization. Every leader understands this concept. You know, leaders, they kind of develop a sonar for listening to the uh, earliest uh, sounds that something might not uh, be quite right uh, somewhere in the organization. They, they develop a kind of sonar that uh, uh, picks up pings and little whispers of discontentment, disunity, and impending division. 
And then these same leaders go to great lengths to understand this noise, to, to discern the pings that they've picked up by their sonar. What do they really mean? And they move quickly to understand that this noise because they want to find out really how toxic it is, uh, how big the problem really is, and what they're going to have to do to resolve it. Same deal with those of you who are a bit mechanically inclined. You're very aware when noise develops in a vehicle or a piece of equipment. Uh, so often you hear it long before the red light goes on. But when you hear the noise, you know something is not quite right. By the way, I'm told that there's a lot of opportunity for women in our area to work with heavy equipment, even though it's a male-dominated field. Women pick up on these noises far faster than men and actually react when the red light goes on. Hey, they even tell their supervisors about it. A lot of guys, they just keep going. Oh, oh they hear the noise. Yeah, they, they hear it, but stereotypically, they just keep pushing until equipment or the vehicle completely seizes and the damage is done. Apparently, I'm told, women working with heavy equipment driving heavy haulers can save a company a lot of money. There you go. So I throw that out today because, by the way, today is International Women's Day, and I just want to give a shout-out to women. And you, with your wiring differences to men, you make this world work, and you make this world a better place to live in many ways that men could never. So a shout-out to all the women here on International Women's Day. I get that most of you still don't want to become heavy hauler dryers, but you're good at that too, okay? All this to say that uh, a couple of the apostles hear some noise developing in this brand-new church. They move toward the noise quickly, and, and they try to determine just how potentially damaging this is and just, you know, how big of a problem they, they have. And they kind of rate it as a code yellow problem. Not, not yet code red, but code yellow. Yes, the food is in fact being distributed unequally to the Hebrew widows. The Grecian widows are kind of getting shorted. But apparently the problem has maybe just begun or the inequity was not severe enough yet to be classified as a code red problem. How do we know that? Because had it been classified as a code red, the, the 12 disciples would have called a quick organizational timeout. They would have canceled all of their meetings, all of their own responsibilities, and they just would have solved the problem themselves. I think that's what you know senior leaders do when a code red situation happens in the organization that they're leading. They huddle together and they say it's all hands on deck time. Uh, none of us are going to do anything else. And, and we're going to do the work day and night until we just solve this problem because if we don't, it could really hurt the future of our organization. Most of us, and I think this is still truer of guys than it is of girls and not just with equipment but with stuff in general, most of us, however, when we hear a little noise, we go, ah, it'll just go away, right? Most of us hear a little noise and we say, I hope it gets solved somewhere down the line. And then the noise gets louder and we just don't pay attention. We hope someone else does something, deals with it. And it's a rare leader that goes, a little noise. Well, let's figure it out right away. Let, let's move toward it as soon as we can. Let, let's, let's understand how bad it really is or the danger it poses to the future of our organization or that piece of equipment or even more importantly, the safety of the people who are working around that equipment. Let, let's figure out how to solve this, create an action plan, and then let's take action. And, and that's what leaders in the early church did. The 12 disciples called the core group together, and listening to the Holy Spirit, they chose seven individuals. But hey, they, they just didn't go with the first seven who were willing to volunteer to help solve the problem. No, they prayed about it. And the problem solvers that they sensed God was leading to them, the, the disciples were praying, had to have two qualifications. 
First, they must be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. What a strange leadership requirement, right? But the uh, apostles insist that unless someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, they're just not going to be as good at problem solving. Because when you have the Holy Spirit, you, you have thoughts that are not your own. You have wisdom that's not your own. You have insight that's not your own. You have a fairness in your spirit. The Holy Spirit does all of this inside of the human mind and heart. So the disciples say, hey, there's a serious problem here. Code yellow, but it's really serious enough that we, we need to solve it. And so whoever is put on this team has to have the Holy Spirit in them. One other qualification they look, they're looking for, they have to be wise. They, they have to be street wise. They, they have to be the kind of people who have insight, who have some experience with solving problems. And the idea here is that if you put these two qualifications together, full of the Holy Spirit and streetwise, that's, that's pretty much an unstoppable one-two punch. So as the Holy Spirit leads, seven individuals are found. They are presented to the 12 apostles who must have really liked them. I mean, they must have had a strong confirmation in their heart from the Holy Spirit about them that they immediately prayed and laid hands on the seven, which means the apostles commissioned them. They were saying, hey, we believe in you. You have the Holy Spirit. You have street smarts. We believe that God will use you to solve this problem. And that's exactly what they did. And pretty quickly, they made fixes. And when they did it, it just propelled the work, the mission of the church forward. And the result of solving this problem was simply huge. Get this. So the word of God spread. In other words, the mission went forward. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. I mean, lots of people were committing their lives to Jesus and going public with their faith through baptism like you saw today. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. They had a huge breakthrough with religious leaders of the Jewish faith. Those Jewish leaders had held back on this new Jesus movement, but when they saw how the church cared for everyone, how the church loved, they too became followers of Jesus. All that simply by solving a code yellow problem before it became code red. The impact was like huge. What's going on here? Well, the church is growing. But no church grows without running into problems. Leadership in the first church didn't shy away from the problems. They rather chose to lean into problems. Leaders in the first church, I mean, they got it, right? They got that the church is the hope of the world, that God wants it to succeed, that God wants the church to take new ground. And God raised up leaders like the apostles to lead in a way that they are listening, that they hear the noises. They understand the code of those noises. They figure out how serious the problem is, and, and they seek God to empower them to help solve the problem. I, I want to apply this uh, to us as a church, but before I do that, I actually want to zero, on, zero in on your life a little bit. So let me ask you, think about this. What's the biggest personal problem that you're facing right now? Take a moment to think about it, and if it doesn't come to mind, pray. You might ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now. Is there a noise inside of you? Just ponder that. Have you coded it? Is it code red? Is it code yellow? Do you have some sort of plan for you know, dealing with it? You know, if I pulled people randomly out of who's here this morning and said, tell us what your biggest problem is, for, for some of you, it would be really easy. You'd say, I, I know what my biggest problem is. It's that I need a job. Uh, I'm unemployed. I need a job. And, you know, that's probably a code red. needs an immediate action plan how you're going to get a job fast. 
Someone else might say, I just moved to Fort McMurray. I, I have a job and housing, but I, I need to find new friends. That, be, that might be more like code yellow, but it's still very important and you need an action plan. What are you going to do to build a new network of friendships? But if I were pulling, you know, maybe pulling some of you out of this group this morning and ask you what your biggest problem is, I know that some of you couldn't express it to me because you've been living in a state of denial about your biggest problem for so many months or so many years that it's just really become a normal part of, of you. You don't even think about it. The problem, it, it feels like it's strapped on your back. And I mean, you've long since stopped trying to solve it. You just carry it around like a huge weight on your back every single day. It's just become like a part of you. And for you, I'm praying that even now you might hear the Spirit whispering to you about that problem, whispering to you that with God there is a way out. I would just ask all of you to keep listening to the Spirit as I speak and allow God to speak His hope to you about the problems you have. Because like, friends, our God, He's, he's for you. Our God wants your life to flourish. And with God, anything, anything is possible. So what is the problem in your life? Is it code yellow? Is it code red? Or, or have you learned to tune out the noise even though the issue is getting worse and the noise, if you're honest, is getting louder? Will you trust that God is for you? That God wants to help you? Would you be willing maybe to take the noise to our prayer team at the end of the service and, and let them pray with you? Let them hear God with you and allow God to speak and lead and help you take next steps to solve that problem. I mean, don't let that problem continue to keep you down, rob you of joy. Don't let that happen to your one and only life. Don't let one difficult problem define your life and destroy your one shot at living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And hey, if Acts 6 teaches us anything, it, it just kind of pushes us back to the fundamental truth that problems should be named, they should be coded red or yellow, there should be an action plan that you put together, and then faith filled prayer should be prayed that the Holy Spirit will do something supernatural to help you defeat the problem before it defeats you. Do you get that? Will you act on it? This could turn, totally turn some of you and your problems around. Okay, let me apply this to us at Fort City as a family. This week a little noise came my way that I think right now is a code yellow, but code yellows, if they're not dealt with, can become code reds. What we have is this really wonderful, awesome problem that's been growing since Christmas. And it strikes me a bit like the situation in the book of Acts. We're growing. The problem comes from growth. And right now we're growing just a little faster than some of our systems can handle. And that means if God is growing us, he's going to work it out. And I dare say some of the working out of this will involve some of you, even if you're newer around here and tire kicking, just, just maybe listen up. If God is leading you to be a part of Fort City, he wants you to do more than just attend. He wants you to be part of the mission of Fort City. And there are so many ways that you can do that. And one of the best ways is just to get connected and to serve somewhere. And there are lots of different ways you can serve here. But here's the noise I began to hear this week. When I first looked at the stat sheets for last Sunday and really the stats from Christmas on, they were wonderful. But I could hear a little noise. The noise got a little louder at our staff meeting this week, and then there was an email and a knock on my door that made sure I didn't miss the noise. Over the last few years, our, our Sunday numbers have hovered on average between 280 and 310, with about 30% of those in attendance in Kid City upstairs. 
All of that's been kind of blown out of the water since Christmas. Last, something, uh, last Sunday is something we've seen happen now a little more often since Christmas, but there were 376 of you here, not 280 or 310, 376. Now that doesn't look or feel challenging at all in this auditorium. We got room, we got a good preaching team, awesome worship team. Uh, um, you know, sometimes we could use a little more help on the connection team, but basically we don't have a code yellow on the adult front. But when you uh, take a look at the first service, the 9.30 service last week, last week at the early service we had 121 people in this auditorium, and then we had 93 people upstairs in Kid City. So 43% of the people who attended here last week at 9.30 attended Kid City. I mean, that's awesome. It really is. How many churches in Canada would have 43% of their children in children's ministry? I've looked at the stats, and it's like it's pretty hard to find churches with that kind of ratio across the country. Let me give you another stat. Average attendance in Kid City a year ago, February a year ago, was 80 kids. Average attendance in February this year was 107. That's a 34% increase. And with not that much, I mean, we have increased in the number of workers in Kid City, but not at that 34% rate, right? Yeah, you see where this is going. So before you get all your defenses up, I can see it. Here's what I'll ask you to do. Relax and listen. As you listen, you are going to hear multiple voices. In the midst of the voices, there is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen for him. See if you can discern God's voice, God's whisper in the midst of it all. And I'm not suggesting that you're all going to hear the same thing from the Spirit, but I'm pretty sure that God is going to speak and even call some of you to be part of the solution. Friends, because it is God who builds his church. It is God who calls people to give and serve and to make his church happen. We only do what God enables us to do as we listen to his leading. So just relax now. Let's let God work. Now our Kids City team, Shauna Jenkins and Emily Forster in particular, realize that while they need more group leaders who play a teaching, mentoring, spiritual guiding role in the life of kids, they really need someone else. They call that someone else, get this, a chaos coordinator. Yes, a chaos coordinator. They think it's a cool little title. Don't let it scare you. Just laugh about it, okay? Because there is a bit of truth to it. Here's what Shauna wrote to me. The chaos coordinator would not be teaching or leading a class, but these awesome people would be there to hang out and play and help with crafts, supervise bathroom trips, and occasionally provide someone to support kids who may be having a bit of trouble adjusting that morning. This is a great role for someone who likes kids, and I would add, just, just a little bit. That's all you need to like them. And... Uh, um, Dads, uh, we, we need men up there. Moms, grandparents, crazy uncles, more men and teenagers. We do right now have a few junior high kids who are totally rocking this role. And, and in our second service, we have a particular need for workers in our tots and nursery room. We, we need a few more people who love to snuggle babies at 11.15. And yes, we have a process for this, an application form, even reference checks, a police check, because we're committed to running a safe kid city in a world that is not always safe. Some people don't like the process, but hey, it is so important to properly vet who spends time with our kids, so really think about it. This is a good thing. We talk a lot about missions here at Fort City. World missions, reaching our city. Well, our very first mission field, and the one that we must give priority to, is our kids. Some of you who are church-raised, you've heard of this thing called the 1040 window. 
That refers to those regions of the Eastern Hemisphere plus the European and African part of the Western Hemisphere located between 10 and 40 degrees north of the equator, an area of incredible poverty and the least reached part of the world with the message of Jesus. Our church family, the Christian Missionary Alliance, puts a lot of resources into the 1040 window. Well, there is a 414 window that is also a huge mission field. That's our kids between the ages of 4 and 14. Friends, two-thirds of all decisions to follow Jesus, two-thirds of all commitments in any church worldwide are made between the ages of 4 and 14. Each of our children must choose for themselves to follow Jesus. Our kids are our first mission field. And today, when the pressure on kids seems to be so monumental and really so much stronger than even 10 years ago, our kids need to learn what it means to know Jesus and not just know about him, but to know him personally, to experience him personally, to experience his love. Our kids need to learn that Jesus is closer to them than their phone or iPad, that Jesus loves them just as they are. They need to gain a firm identity of what it means to be a child of God so that they will not have to depend on how many likes or comments they get on social media. It is a wildly different world than even 10, 5, 10, 15 years ago to raise a kid. Our kids need to know Jesus personally, deeply, experientially, and be in a community of kids who are growing in Jesus together. Friends, around here, we don't just teach moralism. We lead kids to Jesus. That is our first mission field. And we, the church, that's you and me, we possess the hope that will change the lives of our children and defy the growing mess that you see in our culture. No one is in a better position to change the lives of our kids for the better than us. You really do understand that, right? So if you're a parent, there is no more important activity that you could get your kid regularly into than getting them here weekly at Kid City. And, and I'll place that above sports, activities, anything else, because nothing matches the power and the importance of encountering Jesus through Kid City. And if you're a parent or anyone who is part of this church, our first mission is to reach our kids and lead them to live spirit-filled lives where they walk with Jesus every day. That's, that's really our first mission. The reason we say that what happens upstairs or over in the modular is more important than what happens in this auditorium is because most of you are already committed followers of Jesus. I know that's not all of you. Some of you are still trying to figure out Jesus, and that's awesome. But, but the majority of us know Jesus and are not where our kids are at yet. Makes sense? So you don't just come to church, drop your kids off, and have an hour of peace and quiet from them. No, our mission is to work, our, work together to reach our kids and see them flourish as they live spirit-empowered lives where they learn to hear God speak to them and lead them. And by the way, there is no junior Holy Spirit. The life of the Spirit that we experience as adults can be our kids' experience. There is no junior Holy Spirit. But we are the instruments through which the Holy Spirit fills and empowers our kids. So here at Fort City, over the last few years, almost one-third of our Sunday attendance has been kids under 14 years of age. And that percentage and that number is growing fairly quickly. It is an awesome opportunity. It is also a God-given responsibility. So right now, we have what I would call a code yellow in Kid City. So here's my challenge. Would you take time to listen to what the Holy Spirit would say to you about our kids? Maybe you could be a chaos coordinator every couple of weeks. This is not something we're asking you to do every week, but, you know, it's a schedule that you can be a part of. And it just might be a lot of fun, and you'd be having huge impact as together we reach the next generation. 
Maybe you could help with nursery and tots or lead a small group. Maybe. What, what is God saying to you? Lucas will be in the lobby after the service, and if you already sense God tapping you on the shoulder, go talk to Lucas, or maybe he has some questions about our kids' ministry. You can talk to him. He'll have an information package, the stuff you need to get the conversation going. Friends, our first mission is to our kids. What happens upstairs really is more important than what happens here, but saying that will only be talk if we don't all buy into and maybe become part of that mission. So would you listen now and hear what the Spirit of God may be saying to you? If God is calling, respond. If not, no worries. And there are other places to serve. But let's get back to where we began. Very early in the history of the church, church leadership modeled the need to listen to the noise right away and then to respond, to come up with a plan of action and then to act. They did that all while listening to the Holy Spirit, allowing God to take the lead. And I just want to remind you that this is true for you as well. Uh, That... You know, the God who worked so miraculously in a problem in the first that the first church experienced, you know, he moved because leadership leaned into that problem, and then that problem was miraculously solved. That same God calls you and me to lean into your problem with an ear open to the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you, can you name the biggest problem that you're facing right now? Can you name it? And even if you've been carrying it around like a backpack for a decade, let's, let's just unpack it and put it out in front of us. What's the problem that's defeating you personally? What is the problem that, if you could overcome it today, would make an amazing difference in the quality of your life? You know, Jesus would just tell his defeated disciples who had so many problems, he, he would tell you and me to not get defeated by the problems. With what our world has to offer and maybe even what what our friends might say to us, so often it looks like there's no answers out there. But with our God, all things, all things are possible. Would you believe? Would you believe in the supernatural power of God? He will help you defeat your problem. So with that, would you bow with me for a time of prayer? And what I want you to do is just take the words that I pray and you pray them on your own in your way, in a way that makes sense for you. Just Let's just use this time as a time of guided prayer where you do some business with God. Let's pray. Father God, just just pray to him right now. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who speaks and leads and empowers his church to bust through problems. God, would you speak to me about that issue that is plaguing my life right now? Would you help me to create a plan of action? Would you give me courage to seek out help, to even let others pray for me? And thank you for the church that you've led me to. I pray that you would strengthen Fort City in every way, but especially as it seeks to be strong in its mission that we all have to reach our kids and lead them into a personal, uh, life-giving, ongoing, transforming walk with Jesus. And then again, Jesus, would you fill me? Would you fill me with your Spirit? Would you empower me by your Spirit? Would you speak to me through your Spirit? I am yours. I will follow you. I will serve you however you call. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.